Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. We hope to be a little positive light in all that's going on around the entire world right now. And just a quick reminder, we are not the latest and greatest news and information on all of that COVID information. Uh, We are a live podcast, so we have been asked to sort of um, give a little bit of a, you know, make sure you know to follow your community uh, guidelines and uh, where to go for actual information and the latest updates at the CDC and other news organizations. We are not that source, even though we are a live podcast and radio show. So um, we do have a link up on besteveryou.com to some of those spots where you can get that if you need it. And uh, if you do have a true emergency, please remember to dial 911. With that said, um, as I was, it's interesting as I was listening to the radio show intro that we've had for I don't know, just about probably all 500 shows now. <laughs> I was like, you know, I probably should update that. <laughs> so maybe I'll call um, um, Randy Kay and see if maybe she can update that intro for us. I was just kind of thinking, you know, including real people, including celebrities. Well, you know, Tina, <laughs> do we have Tina Sloan on the line? That sort of implies that celebrities aren't real people. And I know for a fact you are a celebrity and completely real. Um, after 26 years on The Guiding Light as uh, Lillian Rains and all that good stuff. So welcome to the show. So so wonderful to have you here. (laughs) Um, We certainly are real people. You know, I remember um, um, we had someone who had, uh, I had a storyline where I had breast cancer. And I remember, well, I'll give you a better story. Um, I played a Nobel Prize winning cardiologist on another show years and years ago, years ago called Another World. And I was on a plane one time and I, um, someone on the plane had had a heart attack and they asked for a nurse and they asked for a doctor. And I finally, nobody was going up and I went up and I got to say the line, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a cardiologist, but I play one on TV. So I can at least talk to this man and help him you know, I know all the right words to calm him down and soothe him, and I got to do that. So, I mean, sometimes the celebrity status or what you play, your character, can work and help other people. I mean, I really helped that man down, and I got to say that. I'm not a cardiologist, but I play one on TV. I mean, everybody wants to say that line. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's like so, so completely true. And, you know, we were talking before we, we went uh, live here on the air, and uh, we're talking about all of the amazing things that you are and how we're going to kind of squeeze that into like a 30-minute show. So we may, I, I want to be completely respectful of your time, but I feel like we're going to run over 30 minutes. So um, to anybody who's listening live, the show uh, may go into repeat mode after 30 minutes, which means it cuts off live, but it does record. And so you just come back on free replay and listen to the end of the show in case we go over time. So just wanted to um, 
to give that announcement before we keep going here. And if you do want to call in, um, we do have a chat going. The call-in number is 646-787-8537. I'll monitor that chat in case you want to type in a question. We can ask those as well. So you've written a bunch of books. I, that's I, that's what kind of caught my attention, Chasing Cleopatra and Changing and changing shoes. Aside from all the things that you've done on Guiding Light, um, I just sort of want to give the show to you and let you decide where to go first with everything because you've got so much. I mean, changing shoes I also made into a play, which went all over the country. And President George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush were in the front row, which was one of the most exciting moments. Um, as a matter of fact, I didn't have – all I had to do was walk out on the stage because everybody was so awestruck that they loved me because they were there. Um, but <laughs> – the the the, the um, book Changing Shoes was a lot about guiding light because I saw the end of guiding light was coming, which devastated all of us. I mean, absolutely devastated us because you it's a family. The girl who plays my daughter Beth in real life, I am the um, godmother of her son. You know, we're, you're that close. You you have Christmas together. You do funerals together. You have Thanksgiving together. A month before they happen in real life. And you, you're just as close to that family as you are to your own family. So in the book Changing Shoes, when I knew I was going from sexy high heels to black flats as I aged, um, I, I brought in a lot of guiding light because I think there are less, so many lessons that soap operas teach you. As I said, I, I, I didn't say this, but I, I played for a year a woman with breast cancer. And um, I was given awards by Memorial Sloan Kettering, Italian-American Breast Cancer Society, because we did it. It was so real. We did it every day. She didn't just get breast cancer and have it go away. She had a mammogram, a sonogram. She found it herself, Lily and me. And then they did the entire show of, the, you know, fighting it, angry, sad, all of the different things that played into it. And I think what we did with that was just so amazing that you were a real person as a, as this person on TV who helped real real people i would go to nursing schools and talk about this and i even painted a scar on myself so that i didn't forget about it when i was taking a bath or something i i felt like the women who really had it even though i didn't but i just think soap opera gave me so much and i was able to put it into that book and in the new book chasing cleopatra which is so exciting it's a suspense, romantic, terrorist novel. Um, I was there is a way that soap operas end on Friday with a cliffhanger. I found I was able to write every. I mean, all there are all these secret things in the book that come to light, and people. I've gotten calls at two in the morning from friends of mine saying, "I'm up because you gave me this page turner, and I can't stop reading it, and I want you to be up because they just found out." something which I can't say because it's really important to the book, but they'd found out somebody was the terrorist that they didn't suspect. Um, but I, that was soap opera in a sense. I mean, I learned without knowing it, dialogue. I learned different characters. There's a 24-year-old girl. There's a 46-year-old woman who's the star. There's a 52-year-old mother um, whom we all relate to and a 77-year-old woman who's wild and fun. Um, and I, I think that the soap opera gave me the dialogue of each of those characters. I'd get up when I was writing it and walk around as the character and talk out loud to hear what they'd say. And um, then also it was authentic because my son in real life 
was a Marine after going to Harvard. He went in the Marines after 9-11, and he did intelligence, and I had a lot of black op CIA deep undercover friends, so I would call them and say, okay, I have, I have this terrorist in the book, and where would he be from, and what would he want to do? It all takes place in Hawaii. So uh, the soap opera, you know, well, 26 years, 35 years I was on soaps, plays into my life so much that it comes out in the book. Danielle um, Page, who's a friend of mine, wrote a blurb, and she was a writer on Guiding Light, and she said, you know, it, it does come through when she writes, too. She's a young adult writer. She said, you, you have a sense of timing from the soap opera. You have a sense of when to bring in a cliffhanger, when to have someone come back to life. Where We often on the soap opera had people come back to life. One character came back, I think, I think 12 times, and we'd all <laughs> act like it was normal. It was so funny. And you just would pretend, oh, yes, and just go along with it. I remember one time my daughter came back to life as a different person, and I went to the writers and I said, she looks exactly the same, right down to the mole on her chest. I said, how can I say she's not my daughter? And they said, just say it. So I did. I mean, it was just hilarious that how soaps can play into real life. And certainly I had a sense of excitement, and I put that into Chasing Cleopatra. I mean, it, people say they just can't put it down. They just keep turning the pages after about two or three chapters. And I think that novel, I wrote a novel, was because of, of soap opera in a sense, and I wrote certainly Changing Shoes as a memoir, you know, taking care of your parents, being authentic, being who you really are, finding out who that person is, as well as in, in, incidents on the soap are in Changing Shoes. So both those books came because I was a soap actress, I think. How's that for summing up my life? <laughs> oh, no, I, I love it. You know, one of the things that I find so refreshing about you, and, and, the, and you're just so real, you, inter, you actually take the moments to interact with people in our community on Best Ever You. It makes me so proud to have you there. You have no idea. People are like, I'll get little emails going, is that really, is that really Tina Sloan? I'm like, that is really Tina Sloan, and she's actually writing you something, yes. You know, cause they think it's like somebody faking, you know, that it's really you. I'm like, no, that's, that's actually her taking the time to engage you. And it's important to her. And and you are important to her. She wouldn't engage you. So I think that is so cool. And I love your Instagram where you are, uh, you know, you right there talking, you know, helping all of us with our, you know, the, the anxiety or stress we may have during this, these moments. Um it's so I think that's the most important thing I can do right now. You know, amazing. Well, today I thought what I would do. I got up this morning and I looked just awful, and I could hear my mother, who would have been about 120 now, saying, <laughs> "When you look at yourself and you don't look well, you have to put on earrings or you have to get dressed." So I, I put on a little makeup and I put on a pretty little house dress to go Clorox the house, which is what I was doing this morning. <laughs> um, but you know, I think I think. The most important thing right now is people listening to this show, for instance, or seeing what you're writing about or seeing those cute children's books you're doing, Sandy and me, or, um, is, is that we don't talk about it. When I go walk with a friend, we walk on opposite sides of this big street we live on, and we, if one of us, she was veering off into bad things today talking about it all the time, I said, we can't do that. We're out here for this hour in the sunshine and to walk, and we have to just talk about happy things. Because otherwise we'll go home depressed. And 
so we made then we decided we both make a collage and which which I did mine is so bad I haven't seen her she she'll send me a picture I'm just not very good at that but she is but it also I just think we all need to have an hour or half an hour like we're having right now where maybe you're laughing at the fact that I went up and told that them I was a cardiologist on TV or we're having a moment where you know you're you're learning something and not dwelling on what's going on. I, I, I put earrings on today in honor of my mother who had the best earring collection. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a great idea, actually. You know, I, I said to my husband yesterday, I'm like, you know, we've been in sweats for three weeks now. We need to have dress up day. <laughs> and he's like, that's kind of a good idea, actually. I'm like, yeah. Even if we just get in the car and drive around the block, <laughs> we don't even have to leave the car. We'll get dressed up and. You know, we were just trying to think of clever, fun things to do and, 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 you know, kind of root, you know, we're, we root in gratitude a lot. Um, and yeah. it's tricky because people are, are, you know, ripping on people for whatever, you know, however they feel. And so I think it's really important right now, since we're all reacting and responding differently too, to just respect each other's uh, coping mechanisms, because they're all over the place right now. Don't you think? I see so I many think- different things. I think people who are isolators, and I happen to be sort of an isolator, it's much easier for someone like me than it is for someone who who loves to be with people. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I love, you know, I like to write, I like to read, I like to watch movies, and some people really, really, really need to be with people and love going to parties, and just th- th- their life is other people. So I think they're having a much, much harder time than someone like me who, I don't know what you're like. Um, and you've got your children there, so that you're lucky. Um, yeah. I think, I, I tell you what, we play charades at fa- on FaceTime with our two-year-old and five-year-old. They live in Chevy Chase, Mar- or in Bethesda, Maryland, and it's a way of staying in touch with them and, you know, not worrying them. The little boy gets down and pretends he's a donkey, and I have to guess what he is. And it's wonderful to have that game to play with them at, before they go to bed at night. Um, yeah. So I, I just think, as you said, everyone does have a different coping mechanism. But I think watching the news all day long, which some of my friends are doing, but then they're just, they can't sleep at night. Yeah, I refuse. If you, if you read a book or you watch Bridget Jones, Stephen, my husband and I are watching um, Downton Abbey, but the British, the BBC edition, which is different than our edition. We've watched all of oh, season one and most of season two, know. and it's different. It's, it's a little more snarky. Interestingly, <laughs> it's really interesting. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, we've been binge watching. Um, we did. We put on West Wing, and you know that's like a, a kajillion seasons and a kajillion episodes. So right. we're there, and we're doing Ozark. You know, just yeah, just things. But I I learned early on in all of this that I had to shut the TV off at about eight o'clock. Like no, and during the day, um, you know, at first, you know, you're kind of glued, trying to figure out what's going on, and where you are and you know all that good stuff and and now I am just like I'm going to shut this off and so I'll have entire days where I go and I just remove myself from the news because it's upsetting and somebody finds a wonderful cure we're going to know it in two seconds I hope so yeah Yeah. you know I I, I keep thinking at this how the whole world is having this it's just the whole huge universe and I keep thinking that all these great minds in the universe are supposedly linking together to try to find how to cope with this or how to how to cure it. It's got to happen because they're all there's so many brilliant minds working together. 
and that's what I think we have to do is work together on this, you know? Yeah. I mean, and what you and I are doing right now, hopefully, is lifting people's spirits for a little while and maybe making them laugh or or at least go put on earrings. Like, I mean, I have my nightie on and I put on earrings. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. You know, um, it, no, I completely agree. And, and so whatever it is, and I, and I really, I think that's one way I've been really impressed with the ability for so many people to maneuver, I guess is the word. I don't, I don't have another word for it yet, but from college age kids and watching our own kids go from going in person class to all online, having an, you know, we have a college baseball player who's NC, you know, whose whole season is canceled along with all the other collegiate athletes out there in every sport. Ours just plays baseball. And it's just been so interesting to see everybody, um, maneuver i i guess i don't know if you have a better word for it what'd you say what breaks my heart is children who would have had graduation this year that they're going to miss their graduation or their senior proms or those are the ones those those moments in your time of your life that we all look back on with such fond memories they're going to look back on being isolated in the house you know and yet they're, they're online i'm sure with their friends talking all the time or facetiming or zooming and making it work. I mean, you see these orchestras all playing around the world. I just think that's what's wonderful. Yeah. They, they've they actually been doing some online graduations, too, holding the graduation yeah. ceremonies online. I mean, just some clever, clever things to um, that maybe we not, wouldn't have thought about doing before. And they're, they're brilliant, uh, absolutely brilliant. And so it might not be the same, but it sure is. Uh, a way anyway to to celebrate and so forth but I agree with you yeah there's a lot of milestones missed right now even I think of even like the little kindergartners who go through their little kindergarten (laughs) little graduation ceremonies and um, like sixth grade to seventh grade or eighth grade to up to the high school or whatever you know Um, just there's a lot of milestones out there Uh, weddings Weddings. yeah weddings oh babies I'd be scared to have a baby in this environment I would be freaking out I think personally she was on Guiding Light she played Vanessa and her daughter is having her first grandchild Vanessa's first grandchild and she was in Brooklyn and the three OBGYNs at the hospital have COVID-19 so she's had to go out of you know out of New York to have this baby I mean it's terrifying I think the baby would be paralyzing because it's so it doesn't have an immune system yet yeah, I don't know. I I just can't even picture that one. I I tried to put that one out of my mind, but still mindful of people having babies because we have friends who are announcing their baby's births on Facebook, and I'm like, wow, you are brave, very very brave people. Um, so speaking of brave, what what'd you say? Sorry, I didn't mean to. I was just thinking of this, the weddings, and some people are just getting married on that day anyway, even though you know they couldn't have a wedding, and then they'll have a big party after. So, I mean, yeah. people are making things work for them, I guess. But it, I don't know. <laughs> I do see the, the joy in my grandchildren. They're with their parents all day, every day, where their parents normally were working, you know. So they're loving this. Well, our son came down today, and he's got a job with a pretty decent commute normally. And he came down to me and goes, how, how long have I been working from home? Has it been two, two weeks, three weeks? You know, he's 25. And I said, I think just about three weeks now. And he goes, oh, 
the, my truck, it's had a break and my body and my mind and my commute and my everything. And he goes, you know, he's like, it's so nice. He was so grateful that they allow him to work from home. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh yeah. Performance food group deserves an award for the way they are treating their employees during this. It's, it's phenomenal. He works for performance food group as a buyer. What's the name of it? Performance food group. Okay, good. I'll, I'll yeah. make a note of that. You yeah, know, I, I just I, am so impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I also, the men who pick up our garbage, you know, I thought these guys are in the front line. They come every day or every three days or whatever. And, yeah. you know, who's who's noticing them? We've got to give them, you know, a thank yous, maybe write a note and put it on top of the garbage can or something. I don't know if this is true everywhere, if you have yours picked up out on the street, but we do. And we um, do I thought I'd a little note to them today or tomorrow when they come and just say thank you because you really do want to thank, I mean, thank heaven they come. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thank you for being here too, by the way. I just want to make sure you, Tina, you know that because, and I appreciate you um, going with the show format too, which is super conversational. So thank you for that because um, the shows, we always intend the show to be like you're eavesdropping on our personal conversation. And sometimes it works out that way and sometimes it doesn't. And so I appreciate this conversation because it's so what people are thinking and feeling and people right now are probably like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I needed to hear or whatever. Because um, I, I think a lot about that of all the people I feel like I'm kind of a wimp in a way that I'm like hiding in my house, you know, and on the radio and other people are like, yeah, I'm the one checking you out at the grocery store to to make sure you have your food. And I've stocked all the shelves and I've driven the groceries there and I'm helping you. You know, there are so many people to thank. I started to make a list, actually. I have a list going. Yeah, I do. I have a list going because um, I just... I, you learn who you are in these moments, and I tend to be a little bit more afraid, I think. Oh, I, I do, too. I mean, I, I do stand six feet away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, but I there's mean, people who are fearless. Yes, but the problem with that is that they could catch it and get somebody who, you know, and, and I, I just think we owe it to our friends and our families not to be near people who could where we could catch it. I mean, I would like to be fearless and go up running up to everyone and hug them and, you know, have a cocktail party or whatever, but I, I don't think that's the right attitude right nowadays because it's too yeah. dangerous. It's dangerous. It, we're not talking, you know, it's, well, it's like kids who just jump into the water with, a, with those kite boards and go out on the waves. They're fearless, but they're not impacting anybody else. They're impacting themselves. But if you get somebody, if you catch something, you're impacting everybody around you. Yeah. Yeah. And so for that, no, I completely agree with you. And so I I think it's, I think those um, words like essential employees and things like that, like those people are heroes right now, though. I mean, I really, I really do. Um, We had, there's a news story here in Maine um, where there, I think it's eight, I'll send you a link when we're done. There's, I think there's eight, I, I call them kids because to me I'm 51 and they're kind of kids but you know they're recent graduates of or not even a recent graduate yet they're I think they're graduating them early they're respiratory therapists so they're activating these eight people from our community college to go work in the hospital to help wow 
Wow. That's pretty amazing. That's very amazing. Talk about graduating with honors. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like these um, people in the Army or the, in, during wartime who they learn by being over there and they know everything. I mean, you always want a doctor who who's, was in Vietnam or was in Iraq who, because they have had to deal with everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. These wonderful, they are kids. They are definitely kids. They're not, you know, they deserve huge applause. I'd love to see your list because I might be forgetting people that I better start thanking too. I probably, when the UPS FedEx arrives, we should leave notes thanking them on the door. That's probably a great idea. Yeah. I noticed people in um, Canada are putting hearts on their windows. My friend Chris Fuller showed me that. So, like, when you're walking, if you, if you, like, get out of the house and do, like, a little walk up the street or whatever, people have hearts on their windows. I think that's... I saw some that's, Christmas tree lights, too. Christmas tree uh, lights. Huh? Isn't that cute? Somebody's yeah. a little village or something had Christmas tree lights on. Oh, I love that. Um I, I had to ask you about this. Okay, I'm going to just completely change the topic for a minute. It, it tied into like brave and and all that stuff though, because I noticed there's some fun facts about you that people might not know. And somebody just asked me to talk about this, so I'm just going to shift the gear and and talk. You've run eight marathons and you've climbed. You're a mountain climber. I, a mountain I climber. Twenty thousand feet twice, one time in Nepal, and one time in Africa. And let me tell you, when I go up in a plane and I see what 20,000 feet is, I go, I did this? <laughs> I walked up this or hiked up this or climbed it? Um, I did, and I ran eight marathons, which, interestingly, in Chasing Cleopatra, I have a scene, on a very important scene on climbing Kilimanjaro. And somebody I know vaguely wrote me and said, did that happen to you? And I said, uh, no. And I ran, and also in, in Chasing Cleopatra, I have a character running the um, – Honolulu Marathon, which I did run. So I was able to embellish it with reality when I was writing about them. But um, I think running isn't brave. Running's just endurance. I think climbing some of those mountains was pretty brave and pretty stupid, maybe. Um, but but once you put one foot in front of the other, you're there. You know, and that's all it is. That's all anything is. One foot in front of the other, isn't it? Well, it's now that's interesting that you just said that. Um, my dad um, said that like my dad was very very ill for all of 2018, and he encouraged us to continue on by putting one foot in front of the other. And oh my gosh, is that it's like such good wisdom. It I, every time I get sad about my dad dying, I go one foot in front of the other, <laughs> like a lot of 2019 was one foot. I could hear him one foot in front of the other to kind of get through the misery for sure. So that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about you, yeah. all of his children. That's a lovely way to put it. And that's, I, there's a book about marathon monks who run a marathon every single day for seven years. Now take that one in. Well, say that again. A marathon every day, twenty six point two miles every day. They, oh. They're 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 only there are very few of them, and they're in um, outside of Tokyo in Japan. Steve, my husband and I went because my dream was to meet one, and I did meet one. And um, they run they run one way, and they run over rocks and things, and then they come back. They run in the mountains, and they when they get to the first place, they spend the night, and people put food out for them, and then the next day they run back and. 
to the other hut and there's food, and they do this <laughs> for seven years. After, I think, three years, they take, they take get a month or two off, and they can choose whether or not they're going to continue. And some do and some don't. And the one I met, he'd done it for um, the three years, and I had given some money to the monastery in order to meet them. Not a lot of money, but um, we were mm-hmm. over in Kyoto. And we were, my son was in Okinawa because he was in the Marines, so we were going to visit him. So I thought, this is my chance to meet a marathon monk. And we had to go winding down this. I, I was sure we were going to be murdered or something, this really weird place to go. And we finally got to him. And I said, you know, what, what words of wisdom do you have? And, I mean, I had a translator with me, obviously, who, who asked him, my husband and I and the translator. And he was, he was quite a young man. And he answered him, and the man said to me, put one foot in front of the other. Of course, right? <laughs> I, w- I went oh. to Kyoto to meet this man, and that's what he I should have met your father. You and that's what he says, put one foot in front of put the other. Together. Thanks. Oh, I was uh, devastated. Funny. We walked back uh, out, and I looked at Stephen, and he looked at me, and we started to laugh, but we didn't want to laugh. Because we wanted to cry, sort of. You know, I thought we'd get some great wisdom. Great, great. I was just sure I'd be, you know, the hand of God would be on me. And, and I'd thenceforth have such a spiritual nature. Well, I didn't. Um, but it, oh. it's true. But it's, it's what your father said. It's, it's the truth. It's probably the only real truth there is. You just have to continue. You have to persevere. You have to put one foot in front of the other. And once you do that, it happens. I mean, my book, I remember, it took me about five years to write Chasing Cleopatra because I'd change it and change it and, um, until I got, got it the way I wanted it. But I kept putting one foot, sitting down again and doing it and then sitting down the next day and sitting down the next day. And I think this is true for all of us, isn't it? I mean, mothers mm-hmm. and fathers with babies. Right now, I think of these moms who are home with all these little children, and they're up all night. They are the ones who have to put one foot in front of the other, don't they? Oh yeah, I think we all do. It's uh, it's an interesting period of time. I I um, I can't imagine. I just want to be you in that moment. <laughs> what did you did you? What what was your reaction to that? Did you act you polite or 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 how did you I deal with that? Stunned. I was so stunned. I couldn't think. I mean, and we were, and, and he, he had, I don't know, I guess he just had run in. I'm not sure if he was on his three-month break or what. Um, but that was, we were in a little tiny hut with a shrine sort of inside where he'd been praying when we walked in. So we were at the shrine, and I guess I nodded, and I guess I, I, I thought I had to take it in when I left, and I kept thinking keep put one, I came all the way to hear this but 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 it's probably okay. the most truth anyone could say yeah. can you think it's of more the, of a truth right now we're cloroxing every bit of our house right and then we put it to do it again and then we make the bed and change the sheets and you know it's putting one foot in front of the other or one sheet yep. in front of the other one word one anything yeah no I I am gonna I uh I've just I have a note that hangs on my desk that says one foot in front of the other. So it's pretty interesting that I must need to hear this again today or something. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, yeah, no, yeah, uh, probably a marathon. Read the book. Um, I think it's the Marathon Monks of Mount H E I E or H I E I, and you'll read about them and you'll just be absolutely amazed, and then realize what they said, and you'll be your father's 
chatting with some of them up there, I'm sure, in heaven. Something, yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, did you, what were you like in kindergarten? What? Completely curious. What were you like in kindergarten? I don't really remember. I think I was probably pretty self-sufficient. But I don't. Were you a writer remember. or an actress, or like, were you one of those kids who always needed to like dress up and play a, a actor or actress? Or you... I, I love to play dress up, but that more as I got older. Um, I had a friend. She wasn't really a friend, but her, she had three older sisters, much older, who had beautiful evening gowns, and all I wanted to do was go over to her house and try on her sister's evening gowns. So whenever she <laughs> asked me over, I'd say, "Sure, can we try on your sister's gowns?" Otherwise, I don't think I'd go. <laughs> That's super cute. Do you um was that one of the is that one of the most is that one of the most I don't I've not got a word other than fun. Fun things about being an actor or an actress is all of the different you know, your hair done, your makeup done, your clothes, the people you meet. You know, is right it now during my hair. Again? I wish I wish I would had the makeup and hair people here right now to do my hair and makeup every day. Um that 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 wasn't. I mean, you know, that got that just was part of life. It was like having a muffin for breakfast. It was just what you did. Um, right. I found when I put on an evening gown, like in Black Swan or something, that movie, it, it transforms me. When I put on my nurse's uniform, it transformed me. I think the clothes would would be the transformational thing about acting. Um, I just loved for me to walk out on a set or a stage was coming home. It was where I belonged. It was who I was. And if I, I, there's nowhere I'd rather be. I mean, I say that I'd rather be with my grandchildren and my husband, of course. But the truth of it is I walk out on a stage, and when I did my play every night for years all around the country, I'd, I'd say to myself, I'm going to change one person's shoes tonight, by which I mean I was going to help them find what who they were. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that backstage before I'd go out. And I'd walk out, and I just thought I'd, I, I, the hour would go by. I wouldn't even know what had happened. I just was so happy being there. And I certainly was like that on the soap. You know, you'd walk down on the set, and it just, I never got over the thrill of it, ever, in 35 years. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you like movies or TV better? That's a question we just got. <laughs> Do you like movies or TV better? I like, I like TV because, well, I love daytime because you did one-hour show every day where a movie um, you know, at three in the morning, they'd call you down to do your lines, and you were exhausted, and you were, you had been waiting since eight in the morning. And I, I mean, I, I remember doing a movie with Al Pacino, which who was so generous and so wonderful. And I remember he said, "We'll do your close-ups first, and then we'll do mine. Do you mind waiting for mine?" And I said, "I said to him, I could go to the food shop and go to the shoemaker, but I, or I could be with Al Pacino." And you know. I loved the people I met in movies because I worked with Woody Allen. I worked with a lot of pretty interesting people. Um, but there was nothing to, to beat being on TV with the same group of friends every day, the, your family, and doing something different every day. It was change. I liked the change of it. <clears throat> Where movie, the movies, even though, I'm <coughs> sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Water the wrong. No, I need water too. I forgot my water before we went on. <laughs> Sorry, and I kept you over too. So, hang on. <laughs> you get your water. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. it. Yeah, no. Too much of it. 
No, it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, I bet you did meet some pretty interesting people for sure. I mean, you were in Black Swan, Changing Lanes as Ben Affleck's mother, right? Is that right? Black Black Swan, Changing Lanes. Natalie Portman, Black Swan was Changing Lanes was um, I was Ben Affleck's mother-in-law. I was Amanda Peet's mother, and Sidney Pollack's (laughs) wife. That was thrilling. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so completely interesting people. But I I bet that is a different schedule than something like every day that you're doing for a certain period of time versus um, the movies, which they they aren't. That's not structured like that at all. If if I can, I know, and I guess I'd like. I mean, I I I love the structure of, of TV, and yet you know, I mean, it was a really wonderful thing to be doing movies with Jodie Foster or different people. I just loved it. But also Venice and Beacon Hill, the series, which I'm doing right now, both of them, um, is, I guess, I guess it's shot like a TV show. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. I mean, Crystal Chappelle, who was on Guiding Light with me, started it. And um, I I guess it's, it is like TV. I mean, you walk out on that set and, and you feel, again, you're home. Wonderful. I'm so blessed. Do you... You know how sometimes when you're younger, you sort of, a lot of people think you know everything. <laughs> you know, if you go into a new environment, you you sort of feel like you kind of got to, there's two ways to approach it. Like, I know nothing, teach me, or I know everything, and I'm good, you know, kind of thing. Did you have a mentor? Did you have anybody who helped you? What was your approach? Was your approach all, like, completely self-confident, I've got this? Or did you realize you had a lot to learn when you first started oh, I- out? I had a lot to learn, but there weren't many mentors out. I mean, I, I myself have mentored people because when I was starting out, I didn't know anybody in the theater or movies or television, and I started doing commercials, and I remember thinking, you know, the other people who were going up on them had cousins or sisters or brothers or something in the business, and I didn't. So I sort of had to make my own way. Um, but I would have loved to have had a mentor. There were certainly... I had an acting teacher, Warren Robertson, and in our class was Christopher Walken and Maud Adams and Betty oh Buckley. Gosh. I mean, it was just an amazing, <laughs> amazing class. And we were all starting out, and there were a lot of Ford models. He liked having the Ford models there. And um, he, was, he was very helpful to me. Um, I remember he told me, when you're on the stage, people look at you. They want to watch you. And I, I remember I, I was able to use that in my life when I doubted myself because I trusted him. And um, I suppose he would have been a mentor in, in that he made me trust myself. He used to say, um, being an actress is like a piano. You have to open the, the, you know, the top of the piano. You have to learn what the keys are. And then you have to use your, you know, press the, the pedal so that you can change the volume. And he, he taught us to do that. He taught us to just be who we really were and to trust that we were interesting by being who we were, again, authentic, as opposed to pretending to be someone. Good he was, point. He was, very, he, was, he was terrific. And I, I know he moved to Spokane, Washington, or, or, and then to the Netherlands. I'm not sure. I know he's disappeared. But he certainly had a group. Oh, he had the most amazing people in that class, some of whom went on to be really good teachers and other mm-hmm. actors and singers. And it was just quite something. Yeah, that sounds neat. Um, okay, so we've got to go because we're keeping you past. We've kept you 10 minutes past already. I just looked up. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> we've gone over. But um, 
I want to, I wanted to ask you before you go, uh, before we go, uh, is, are your goals for chasing Cleopatra to have that made into like a movie or, or, okay. I mean, everybody who writes, if you go on Amazon and read the reviews from people, I mean, I don't know, they say this should be a Netflix or it should be a movie. And I hear that again and again and again. And I guess, I mean, I didn't write it that way at all, although I wrote it visually. Um, but I think, I think it would be really good as a movie <laughs> or yeah. as a Netflix or something. Yeah, awesome. Is there, is there anything before we go that we haven't talked I hope it'll come on again, too. But is there anything that we haven't talked about during this show that you want to mention before we go? No, I just want to say to everybody, we're all in this together. So anything we can do to help each other, let's do it. Put on Beautiful. earrings. Yeah. Put on earrings. <laughs> All right, everybody. Tina, thank you for being here. And your, your website, is it tinasloan.com? Is that where we should send people if they want to learn um, more? .com is my website. <clears throat> yeah. That's and, perfect. And, okay. And I'll put up links. And we're going to put up a blog, too. You'll get a little bit more information uh, in a blog post that we have that, that is a more written interview with Tina, which I love. So I've been waiting to post it until she came onto the show so we could post the blog and then this audio together. But also, there's some. I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Tina Sloan, and I'm on Facebook, Tina Sloan. I think it's McPherson on that one. And Instagram, yeah. Tina Sloan. Okay, perfect. That's my. I have a podcast kitty who co-hosts the show with me, like all 500 shows, and she's meowing in the background, which um, is like a complete, you know, pause up to you, Tina, because she only meows when there are amazing guests. So <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> I put pictures out there. I call her Mel the Podcast Kitty. So that's her meowing in the background, everybody. So, um, Tina, thank you for being with us. And I'll put links up to everything, including your wonderful books, Changing Shoes and Chasing Cleopatra. TinaSloan.com is Tina's website. And um, stay safe and well, everybody. Tina, you too. And um, I hope you come back on the show again. I love it. I've had so much fun, blah, 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 blahing about myself. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you. And a special thank you again to Tina for, for being with us. Stay safe and well, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.